everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher in a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but we've connected through our mutual friend Rachel from the Feminine Genius Podcast. She's a Catholic writer and a podcaster and an artist, and she's another Canadian neighbor from the North. It's Emmy Namoro. Welcome, Emmy. (laughs) Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you for being here. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, Like you said, my name is Emmy Namoro. I am, and I am a daughter of God. I am a Vancouver-based Catholic writer and artist, and as you alluded to, I am now a new podcaster. Welcome, uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the podcasting game is so cool, guys. Anyway, <laughs> um, so um, for those listening, um, the podcast is not out yet as this episode is released, but we, uh, my friend and I, um, Rachel Wong and I are releasing a brand new podcast and it's coming out sometime in March. So I'm really excited to do that and stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else do you do in your free time for fun or mm. what else could we learn about you? Like a little bit of your background. You, you're an artist. Like yes. have you always studied art or what kind of mm-hmm. art do you do? Good question. Okay. So actually my background is also in education. So I believe awesome. I talked to you about this earlier too when we were like early, like getting to know each other. Um, I actually studied early childhood education in college and I graduated um Oh my gosh, it's three years ago, 2018. Um, And yeah, so I worked in the field for a number of years until I realized that it wasn't where the Lord was calling me long term. Like I was trying to figure out what was next. And, you know, like the pandemic hit and life just halted for me and for many people, I'm sure. Um, So from there, the Lord has opened for me many different avenues in life. So um, what had happened was he introduced me to inner desires that I've had in my heart that I've been too afraid to pursue, like writing and graphic designing and illustrating. So I started trying those things out during the pandemic because what better time to do that than right Right. now? Yeah. So (laughs) I did that and I got a chance to um, work for a Catholic nonprofit organization last year and freelance for our local Catholic newspaper here in Vancouver. So that was kind of cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah. So the Lord's been very kind to me as always and very happy. Thank you for sharing that. And no wonder Rachel wanted to put us in touch then because we do have a lot in common. I find we both <laughs> have the education thing. I also, I am not an artist, but I definitely like to dabble. And especially mm-hmm. in times like the pandemic, mm-hmm. just kind of experimenting and just creating, I think is so important right now yes. to be creative. So, and I also like to write. So I think that that we have a lot in common. So that's probably yeah. where Rachel, Rachel was like, we need to make this happen. So I'm glad that we're, <laughs> we're making God. it happen. Yeah. Nice. So what I'm going to have you do, Emmy, is I'm going to have you read the passage that you've chosen for us. You have chosen Matthew chapter 9, verses 9, 9 through 13. So whenever you are ready, go ahead and read that for us. Okay. So it says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, those who are well do not need a physician 
patasektu. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Okay, so there's so much good stuff here, and I can't wait to get to get into it. I'm going to give everybody like a little bit of just kind of historical context, a little bit about Matthew. I've done a couple of passages from Matthew in the past, last season, and even actually with Rachel, we did um, a passage from the the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew was one of the twelve apostles, and you've actually picked his origin story a little bit yes. from his gospel here, and it strikes me as similar to other introductions to different apostles, the calling of Peter and Andrew in the synoptics as well as well as in John. But in just like in Peter and Andrew, they and especially in John's gospel, they get to have a little bit more of a conversation with Jesus, but they do immediately follow kind of like Matthew mm-hmm. does here. So I'm I'm looking forward to talking with you about that. And just to let the listeners know too, Matthew was a tax collector, and uh, much like today, people who are taking our money is not are not everybody's favorite people. And so <laughs> no. The tax collectors were not necessarily well-liked at the time. They were considered corrupt, and that's probably why the Pharisees here are a little bit put off that Jesus is calling and inviting Matthew to follow him. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, Emmy, why did you pick this passage of all the passages? Good question. Okay, so if I'm being completely honest, I think this passage actually chose me because (laughs) as we started talking and how um, your podcast is centered on your guests picking different passages in the Bible, I started reflecting on what passage to pick. And honestly, I could not pick just one. And I knew I couldn't pick more than one. Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, So I ended up... tie them in, though. I've had guests, like, pick a passage and then we definitely, like, you know, they all can, it all connects. So if you want to throw throw in something else that makes you think, you know, as you're talking about this, feel free. Sure, sure. Cool. And yeah, so as I was praying and reflecting a little bit more and what I wanted to chat with you about, the call of Matthew came to mind. And if I'm being completely honest, again, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I, okay, I love the Bible. And I think it's so cool that the Lord has given us his own love letter to us and to learn more about him through his word. Something that I struggle with is reading it and just sitting down and just reading it and trying to understand everything that's on there. And I promise there's a point to this. (laughs) And something that helped me kind of get into that mindset of really focusing that these people are real people. Like, I'm not just reading characters like on a fictional book, that this is like a real story about a real person that once existed. Um, I watched the show, The Chosen series. Have you watched it? Have you watched it? I haven't, but a lot of guests and friends have told me about it and I have not watched it yet. So is this, is this like referenced in the chosen? Like, does this seem, okay, cool. Yes. So (laughs) there's actually an episode um, centered on Matthew and his life. And um, it's also kind of like at the same time, they also talk about Nicodemus. Um, Anyway. So the episode is like I said, centered on Matthew and on Nicodemus and how like for the Nicodemus part, it was about, I believe it's John 3, where like him and Jesus are discussing. And um, on, and then there was like a huge contrast between Jesus and Matthew. So Jesus calls Nicodemus, but he has restraints. He has like hesitations whether or not he wanted to follow him. And then where, versus um, Jesus calling Matthew. Jesus called Matthew. He called his name and he drops everything and goes. And that's something that really spoke to me because being able to see this um, scene kind of reenacted through the screen kind of gave me a chance to kind of see myself in Matthew's shoes. Like if the Lord called me today, if he says like, Emmy, follow me, 
would mm-hmm. I do it? Like, would I be mm-hmm. the type of person, um, like in the way that the chosen um, portrayed Nicodemus, would I be the type of person that would have many questions and restraints, or would I like say no? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I have so many responsibilities. Like, how can I leave everything and go? Or, or would I be like Matthew and just completely leave everything behind to follow the Lord that loves me so? Like, would I be like that? And that's something that I think a lot of people may struggle with, and that's something that I struggle with sometimes too. Because how do you? How does one have so much faith and so much like love for someone that they're willing to let everything go? Right. And so quickly too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, as you, and I, I love that you um, brought up and I'm glad that we're, we're pulling from other parts of the Bible yeah. too, because you're yes. right. It's I'm looking right now at John three and um, John chapter three starts with this rather long encounter with Jesus and Nicodemus. And you're right there. There's, there's this back and forth. There's some questioning Whereas we see with the apostles, um, I mentioned in my little introduction that, um, you know, we often think of the calling of Andrew and Peter where they're, they're fishermen, they're mm-hmm. on the sea, they immediately drop their nets and they follow him. And, and Matthew is similar. It's different than Nicodemus. You know, Matthew mm-hmm. is, um, I kind of like the beginning of this passage. So in verse nine, Mark does this a lot. Um, and now mm-hmm. I'm noticing, noticing it here in Matthew that, Matthew chapter nine starts with the healing of the paralytic. And so Jesus heals someone. And then as he's passing from that, this encounter with Matthew happens. Matthew's hanging out at a customs post Mm -hmm. and Jesus is just done healing this paralytic. And now he encounters Matthew. So that kind of motion or that like action and that continuation Mm -hmm. is striking to me. I don't know that that kind of veers a little bit from the Nicodemus thing here, but, but yeah, like these, the apostles, immediately drop everything. Whereas some of these other characters, I'm thinking also of the Samaritan woman, like she and Jesus have this like back and forth kind of before that, before she follows them. But like these apostles are immediately drop everything, which is maybe why they're apostles. Maybe that's that's why they're the guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I never thought of it that way. Maybe like, I don't know, like maybe does their yes make them the apostles? Like, I don't know any contract, like context on this. Yeah. I mean, we don't really honestly get a lot either. I mean, we get this, this little bit here, um, Mm -hmm. but just thinking and talking about it right right now, it does set them apart from some of these other characters that have these back and forths, you know? Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and I had talked a little bit earlier, too, about how the synoptic gospels, so the synoptics are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all have very similar information. John's a little bit different. I mentioned earlier that John's calling of Peter and Andrew is very different than the, the synoptics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you had noticed that Mark and Luke's encounter with Matthew, or this call of Matthew, referred to Matthew by a Jewish name, Levi. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had kind of talked a little bit about maybe why that is. (laughs) And I think that, um, and I had mentioned to you, like these name changes happen and and there could be much more to this too. Certainly Mm -hmm. some of these, Matthew would have been a Jewish, Jewish tax collector, a Jewish man. And so Levi is the tribe he probably was from and that he was named that. And then Mm -hmm. often these men will have like these encounters with Jesus and that encounter changes them. So then they get a name change. So like Simon changes to Peter, Saul changes to Paul, Levi to Matthew. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the Old, Old Testament, we have like Abram to Abraham. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
Jacob to Israel. So there's lots of that. I think it's like a covenant um, kind of happens. So that kind of sets them apart as apostles too. I've been talking for a really long time. Feel free to ju- <laughs> jump in here. It's so good. It's so great. Like I, I'm having so much fun just listening to you and learning at the same time. Um, but I think what I'll add is that I feel like um, when the Lord calls you to be his apostle, like what you were saying about name changes, like your identity changes as well. Like you Mm -hmm. are not the same person that you were before he calls you. And I'm sure we can say the same about Matthew, like going back to the original passage we were talking about. um, Mm -hmm. Matthew was probably a much different person than he was before Jesus calls him. And when Jesus calls him to be his disciple, like we said, he drops everything and he goes. And I'm guessing also when he drops everything, he probably leaves his past behind. Like everything that um, probably may have held him back from following Jesus, he left that behind and just went and followed mm-hmm. him. And like how it boggles my mind. Like we are all like weak sinners and we have so much faults. And like to have that so much, like again, I'm, I'm reiterating to what I said earlier, like that trust. Like I... I admire Matthew so much to have that trust in Jesus and to just tr- trust in him that everything is going to be okay. Cause I'm okay. I'm the type of person that worries about every single detail. Like I'm so type A that Me I need too. a timeline, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's so hard to let go of your own timelines and what you think should happen in your life. Because I heard someone say, tell the Lord your plans and like, it'll make him laugh I don't know right yeah that's like that's a classic yeah like Mm -hmm. if you want to hear God laugh tell him your plan yes um yes that's the exact quote and I think it's so beautiful because I want to have that same trust in in God like Matthew did and I think that's part of the reason why as well that I chose this passage is because I just felt so inspired and ignited to have that same conviction in Jesus Mm -hmm. and to just leave everything behind and not knowing what happens next because I'm sure Matthew did not know what was going to happen all he knew all Jesus said to him was follow me like right it's two words yeah I know and then it does it Matthew does have a little bit more of an encounter than Peter and Andrew like when we Mm. read the call of Peter and Andrew they kind of drop their nets and they follow him and then Mm -hmm. they move on to like another like there's another story that follows whereas here we get a little bit more with Matthew Mm -hmm. um, after Jesus says, follow me. He gets up and follows him. And then Jesus goes to a table in Matthew's house. So like he actually gets to have this very personal encounter with Matthew Mm -hmm. um, before, before they leave and go to do the next thing. So that's kind of different than the other calls as well. I just, I I thinking like that encounter, because you were, you were speaking before about Mm -hmm. like what made Matthew Mm -hmm. leave everything and, and he gets that extra encounter maybe because, I mean, we don't know, but maybe, maybe Jesus needed a little, he needed a little extra boost (laughs) or something. A little more love. (laughs) Yeah. And then we do have this encounter too with the Pharisees, you know, seeing all of this. So maybe Mm -hmm. it was to teach the Pharisees a lesson as well, making like a little, not a show, but like, I'm going to come eat with you. We see that Mm -hmm. a lot in scripture too. Like I'm going to come eat with you. And then it's like the sinner. Why are you eating in the sinner's house? Because like we said, the tax collectors weren't necessarily well liked. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm, I don't know mm -hmm. if you wanted, I don't know if you wanted to respond to any of that. Sure. Um, I really appreciated what you said about how like, maybe we don't know, like maybe Jesus was kind of giving Matthew like a little more love because of mm-hmm. what he lived like as a tax collector like you said like it, they probably didn't they probably weren't as well liked like, because they were also Jews right like they were Jews taxing other Jews mm-hmm. right, right? Like, exactly right? yeah and so like he doesn't have a great reputation <laughs> like right off the bat and I guess um, if I were to put myself in the scene and see this like I wonder 
where I would be. Like, I don't know. Have you ever done that in scripture? Like when you're reading and you're able to kind of just like sit, like where would I be in the situation? Would I be the Pharisee that's like criticizing what I've seen or would I be sitting with Jesus alongside the tax collectors and the sinners? And like, it's so easy, not so easy, but you're able to kind of see yourself on both sides. Like you kind of can see yourself as one of the tax collectors and sinners that people may think that you're not worthy enough to sit on a table with Jesus or Mm -hmm. in the flip side, people uh how can you sit with them after all that they've done like i think that's the beauty of scripture because we're just talking about like one tiny like paragraph and we can talk about it for like a long time there's so much to dissect and to take from this um and to learn from it as well and like yeah and i guess it all comes down to i guess um on the sitting with jesus side it's like humility you need to have a sense of humility that like you are aware of the sins that you've committed and like to sit with Jesus and to know that he knows what you've done. And probably the same thing with the Pharisee side too. Like maybe that was something that they learned, like with what Jesus said, like those who are well do not need a physician, but sick do. Like they need they need me more, like almost. Totally. Like, do you know? Yeah. yeah. Right? No, I, I wanted to talk about that, those last couple of lines too. Mm-hmm. I usually, that's kind of how I, my mind works. I, I'm very, like we said earlier, very linear, linear like I'm yeah, going line by line yeah. and like kind of the structure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right. I, I love, I love using it's I think kind of an Ignatian practice. St. Ignatius yes. would encourage people with like Lexio Divina to put themselves in the, the scene of mm-hmm. scripture. And I like, I think you're right. I think there's moments where if I were sitting at the table, if Jesus were at my house, I would be absolutely like embarrassed and just not feeling worthy. Mm-hmm. But then also I could very easily be the Pharisees observing Jesus sitting with someone that I don't think is worth, you know, like I, I definitely have been the person judging as well. I think mm-hmm. we all can put ourselves on either side of that. But I do want to talk about this. Um, I think mm-hmm. maybe Jesus, as I said earlier, does have this encounter with Matthew to teach us something. And I think the lesson is right here. I think it is this lesson of those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. So we're talking Mm -hmm. about how like Jesus eats with these sinners. He has these longer kind of interactions Mm -hmm. and encounters with, with the sinners for this reason. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's those who maybe aren't spiritually well or need a little extra love. Like you said earlier, like they're the, they're the ones that you need to sit with Um, yet so often in our society and also in Jesus's time, those people are the ones that are cast aside, you know? I've been talking a lot about Catholic social teaching with my students this year. Mm-hmm. And so we've been talking about the option for the poor and the vulnerable and just who are those vulnerable people? How can we lift them up? The call to community, how can we include people into our community, the ones that we usually cast aside? So mm-hmm. um, the tax collectors, even though they had some power, they definitely were, you know, not well liked. So I don't know if you want to, what do you make of the, the last mm-hmm. part of this about those last couple of lines? Honestly, it kind of gives me a bit of hope. Um, Mm -hmm. to know that like there's no sin that will ever take me away from Jesus like if he is um, sitting down with who like the Pharisees thought that was not worthy enough to sit with the teacher I have I have hope like there I have hope that um, Jesus continues to sit with me um, even in my lowest low in my highest high um, he he's journeying alongside of us and I think like I, like you were mentioning how like like he was sitting with people that are cast aside mm-hmm. and um 
it again it gives me hope to know that Jesus welcomes everyone like he doesn't excludes anyone because of so and so what they've done or whatever but instead like Jesus has such welcome arms and he welcomes you to sit with him and he has this large table that has and seats that have your name on it he has your he has his has your name on the palm of his hand like it's so Oh, it just makes me so happy. Like that's so weird to say about this passage, but I guess like something that I'm realizing as we're talking is that like Jesus is like our faith. Jesus, it's so universal. Like everyone is welcome. Like no one is going to be cast aside for what you've done. Like you will always find your way back to Jesus. It's kind of like driving. I don't drive, but um, I'm learning anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of like when you go through the wrong road. Like there will always be a exit. You can always find your way back home. Yeah, I I think you're you're absolutely right. One of the reasons sometimes people ask me, you know, why why do you stay Catholic? Like why do you stay Christian? Because I think not everybody and one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is I think not everybody realizes to live the gospel is, mm. you know, to emulate Jesus and he was welcoming like you're yeah. you're describing and I think a lot of time the church and Christians get a bad rap that we're not as welcoming, that we use these these words sometimes to condemn and we're more mm-hmm. like the Pharisees. I don't know if you Mm-hmm. would agree with agree with that or not but um mm-hmm. i see that a lot like on social media i see yeah. christians yeah. being real judgy and i'm like that's not how we're supposed to be we're supposed to be welcoming like you're describing you know mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know if you want to speak yeah, to that of course and yeah you're right i've definitely seen that online and in person as well like it's really unfortunate to see like someone um misrepresent such a loving Mm -hmm. person like such a loving god this is okay this is a really random thought but something that's completely related to what we're talking about but anyway um i remember once when i was working and i remember something happened like i think i made a mistake and it was very clear that my supervisor reminded me that like whatever you do this represents like where Mm -hmm. you're working and Mm -hmm. um that's a really random story but it reflects uh like i can tie it back to our faith like you like we represent our faith mm-hmm. like um yep. something i always like to say is that you like we need to be proactive about how we act as catholics because we may be the only catholic people may encounter in their lives and the way yeah. that we act is very important of course like we're not going to be perfect like we will have faults and sins and i'm not excluded from that i also have sins and i'll be the first to admit that um but it's it's up to us to try and to follow God's lead and to know that what I said earlier, like we're not alone. We need to um, treat others with kindness and to not be so quick to judge. Like, um, like, you know, like from the prodigal son, like the elder mm-hmm. son, like but in that passage, how like he wasn't as quick to welcome the younger son that came back. Like we also need to learn to be like the father and to know that we don't know everything that happens under the surface for people so we can't be quick to judge them only god can judge people because he can see what's in their hearts and we can't i don't know if that really answers your question yeah no no totally and um that i think that brings into kind of the last part of this this verse here um Mm -hmm. so then jesus says go and learn the meaning of the words which i think is a little bit sassy you know what i mean it's like it's like why don't you go ahead and learn this because you obviously don't understand it (laughs) Mm. but but go and learn the meaning of the words i desire mercy not sacrifice i did not come to call the righteous but the sinners and certainly he's speaking directly to the pharisees because Mm -hmm. the pharisees were very much about the law and they're constantly calling just challenging jesus throughout the gospels and he's always kind of throwing it back at them but just but showing them, and I've talked about this a lot, I feel like on my podcast, but um, (laughs) 
it was because the the Pharisees were so wrapped up in the legalities of mm-hmm. the faith and like mm-hmm. the rituals, but there was no kind of passion or not. I don't want to. I don't know any Pharisees, but, but like the, <laughs> the meaning was lost. Like they were doing the rituals without the, the love part. And so Jesus is constantly calling them and saying like, it's about love. Like you can mm-hmm. do the rituals. That's cool. But like you need, love is the greatest commandment. And yes. um, so anyways, what do you make of him saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice? Cause I think that relates to like the mm-hmm. Pharisees, the Pharisees here. Good question. And that was actually something that I struggled with a little bit when I was pondering about this, um, this passage, because I like, okay, if like what you said, something that it made me laugh when you said it sounded a little sassy, it totally yeah. did. Right? It's real sassy sometimes in the, in the <laughs> Gospels. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but it's out of love, too. It's like he knows mm-hmm. that they can take it almost. I don't know. Yeah, no, but, totally. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like if they're so high and mighty as like all these like Pharisees that teach, um, mm-hmm. so they should be able to take this passage. This. So I don't know. To be honest with you, what strikes out the most for me is how um, I think it really talks more about um, God's merciful love more so than what we do for him. And right, I don't know if right. I'm, yeah, seeing this correctly, but I guess, yeah, because like in context of this passage, like he's sitting with the tax collectors and sinners and then they're, the Pharisees are like, why are you standing with them? I guess we're pointing back to, again, God's merciful love and that we don't need to be a certain way to be loved or to be welcomed by Jesus, like what I was saying mm-hmm. earlier. Like, I think maybe it talks about how we need to be true to ourselves as well like to not feel like we have to be a certain person or a certain like identity just to be accepted and I think that's like I struggle with that and I'm sure many others have as well but I don't know like I think this is something that I still need to ponder on more mm-hmm. I think it's it's like we have to think about what does mercy what's Good the point. definition of mercy so like yes. for me mercy is because Jesus gives again to quote another yes. scripture um yes. Like he, he uses the good Samaritan as the example of what mercy is. Like he questions and says, okay, the Levite passed by, the priest mm-hmm. passed by, mm-hmm. but the good Samaritan stopped and yes, helped yes, the yes. robber, paid for the robber, treat, you know, treated him. And so then he says like, well, which treated him with mercy? And they're like, mm-hmm, well, the, mm-hmm. good, the good Samaritan. So like, to me, the definition of mercy then is someone who goes out of their way, encounters, mm-hmm. sees mm-hmm. a person who is in need, and then actually takes action to you know, have a moment with that person to try try to address their needs. And so I think what Jesus is saying is like, we need to have those encounters and those moments. It's not so much about the ritual and the, right. You know, cause Mm -hmm. yeah, like sacrifice to us means like to give something up, which can be good. But I think sacrifice back then was like literally slaughtering an animal and burning it. You know, (laughs) Jesus, like, you don't need to slaughter animals and burn them to me. Like you'd need to be nice to each other. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that just clicked everything. Yeah. I think what you said was what, how, how I was like interpreting the passage. See, learning, like we're learning, guys. Because like immediately I was like sacrificing like your time and like things you're doing, like in order to like, like to serve. Um, But you're right. Like in that time, like they were sacrificing animals to like show that they're serving. Right. And it's not about the show. It's about like Mm. the actual encounter. And so Jesus is demonstrating that here, like by sitting with Matthew and like having a meal with him and like showing him forgiveness. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think so. I think that's how it all ties together. That's yeah. so cool. I know. I love the scripture and it all yeah. relates to all these other passages too. And 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like right when we were talking, like I kept thinking of other passages that like may relate mm-hmm. to this, and it's so cool. Like I'm sure, like you've encountered that, like when you were studying scripture, like so many things are connected, and then mm-hmm. you just need to just sit down and to just pray about what you're reading, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and learning a historical context, which is you know I, yes. I try to do a little <laughs> bit of it because it is, and, and even I don't. I mean, I don't know a lot of stuff. When I, ha- I had a Jewish, um, a, like a Hebrew scripture scholar on mm-hmm. the other day, and like, and wow. he just blew my mind because to understand like what the Pharisees would and what even what Jesus would have been raised with and like mm-hmm. what their practices were, then you understand a little bit more about what they're addressing and why they're, you know, mm-hmm. mad at each other. And I don't know, it just gives a whole nother <laughs> level, like a whole nother layer to the the passage. But yeah, for sure. Emmy, is there anything you wanted to add to this before we wrap up here um, about the passage or how we can relate to it? Mm, I think um, what I'll say is that, um, we need to act and to um, love Jesus like Matthew. Um, when the Lord calls you, um, have faith and trust that he will take care of every little step along the way. You don't need to see the whole road to know that it will be a good one. Um, the, you, you will be walking with Jesus and he will lead you far greater than you will ever like, imagine for yourself. I know that he has for myself, for me. <laughs> And I'm sure that he will do the same for you. So trust in Jesus, whether I know it's scary, but he has your best intentions and your desires in mind. He'll take care of you. Um, Don't need to worry. It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about a scripture from different angles. And I think we really did that, you know, Mm -hmm. starting with Matthew's response and then talking about Jesus's encounter with him and the Pharisees. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Is there anything you wanted to, you mentioned you have a new podcast coming out. So what can, (laughs) where can we follow you? What would you like to plug? Sure, sure. Um, So like I said, I am a Catholic writer. So if, um, so I'm on Instagram, you can follow me at Restless Night Writer. And if you'd like to read my blog, you can visit restlessnightwriter.wordpress.com. And for our new podcast that Rachel Wong and I are releasing, you can follow. Stay tuned for that, huh? Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Please okay. stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a work in progress. I, I totally know what that's like. You're yes. like, there, but it's, like, but yeah, we, we will. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure on, um, on your Instagram, you'll keep mm-hmm. us posted mm-hmm. about the podcast as well. Yes, of course. Of course. We're very excited about it and we're very excited for you guys to join us along the ride. And yeah, thank you so awesome. much. Yeah, absolutely. If you all want to follow me on Instagram, um, you can follow at Seven Mile Chats. And if you want to talk scripture with me, please feel free to message me. I'd love to have you on as a guest. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mistruckly1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And I use that for teaching and educational tools. So feel free to follow me there as well. Thanks again, Emmy, for being on today and for having this conversation with me.